Welcome to Mom 2.0. Hi, I'm Vicky. Over the past three years, I've gone from having so little energy I needed three reasons to go upstairs to waking up full of energy and genuinely enjoying time spent with my kids. In this podcast, I share everything that I've learned that has helped me so that it can help you too. I cover a wide range of topics, everything from stress to nutrition, and my hope is that this podcast will take you from tired to inspired so you have the energy you need to enjoy life the way you deserve to. Welcome back to another episode of Mom 2.0. Today's episode kind of follows on from last week's episode, kind of. In case you missed it, last week I spoke about how our emotions and our past experiences shape how we perceive and respond to different situations. In today's episode, I want to talk about something called the 90-second rule. And this comes from a brain scientist called Dr. Jill Bolt-Taylor. The 90-second rule, or the 90-second emotion rule, simply put, is that when an emotion is triggered, our body has a physiological response. And that response lasts 90 seconds. An example of this is, say someone makes a joke at your expense and it embarrasses you. Adrenaline and noradrenaline get released into your bloodstream. This speeds up your heart and it raises your blood pressure, which is why we blush when we're embarrassed. From the time that the hormones get released into the bloodstream to the time that they leave the bloodstream, is 90 seconds. So that reaction was 90 seconds long. So basically from the time that the joke is told, you will have the experience of being embarrassed for 90 seconds. And then it's over. And it's the same for pretty much any emotion. Anger, joy, fright, the reactions, they last 90 seconds. And now at this point, you are probably saying, not true. <laughs> I've been angry for weeks before, some of us for months or years. And that can also be true. It is also true. But the reason that that happens is because we replay the event and we are the ones keeping it alive in our thoughts. So every time you think about, from the example before, every time you think about the time that that person made that joke at your expense, all those feelings come back. The hormones get released again. And so you experience the embarrassment again, even though it happened like a week ago or whatever. And this just shows you how powerful your thoughts are. Because each time you think about that joke that that person made, it elicits the same chemical hormonal reaction in your body and you feel it all over again. Do you ever find yourself having 
arguments with people in your head about things that haven't even happened or about things that have happened in the past, but now you've got a better response than you did back then, so you're winning the argument in your, in your head right now. It happens to me quite a lot, and I catch myself now. While it may seem harmless to do this, what you're doing is you're keeping that negative thought loop alive, and that's releasing hormones based on what's going on just inside your head, not even in real life. And so if you are constantly fighting with someone, replaying the same argument over and over and over in your head, the way that you feel about it, that's on you. Perhaps whatever that person said or did initially was wrong and it hurt you in that moment. And so, yes, for 90 seconds, they made you angry. But every second after that, that you felt angry about that particular situation, you are doing that to yourself. So really, there's no one to blame but you. And that can maybe sound a bit harsh, but personally, I find it quite freeing because we really underestimate how much power, how much influence we have over our own lives. A lot of the time, we just kind of let things happen and we blame people for the way we feel or our situations or whatever. But when it's specific here to, to emotions, we really have all the control. 90 seconds in the grand scheme of things isn't that much. It, it really is remarkable just how powerful our emotions are. And yet it's not something that we're taught when we're little. And it's not a class that you can take in high school, like how to manage emotions, which seems kind of crazy because they're involved in every minute of our lives. But to be honest, the more I learn about health, about hormones, emotions, and just my body in general, I realize just how little I knew about myself up until the age of, I don't know, about 35. Not about my personality, but just about how things work inside of me and how to optimize my body and my mind. Why aren't these things taught to children and to teenagers especially? Instead, we're sent to school to memorize dates from past events. <laughs> but that's a rabbit hole I'm not going to go down right now. That's a, that's a topic for another day. But I know that things are changing these days and we are being encouraged to teach our kids about dealing with their emotions. And that's really great. Except most of us as parents don't know how to deal with our emotions yet. How are we supposed to teach our kids? When we were kids, it wasn't acceptable to have outbursts or be sensitive or even to express emotions the way today's kids are encouraged to. There was a lot of bottling up and pretending to be okay. I remember one of my teachers from school, I felt like he was always saying, pull yourself together. Not just to me, by the way, to everyone. But that, that, that phrase, pull yourself together, like, what does that even mean? And this was a common phrase amongst adults when I was a child. And by the way, I'm not bashing our parents' generation. 
I know that they had it a lot harder than us and they did the best that they knew how with the information that they had at hand. And really, that's how it's supposed to work anyways. Each generation builds on the one before them and hopefully improves. We learn from the mistakes that our parents made and then we make a bunch of other mistakes that our kids will learn from and so it goes. I really believe that most people are good and most people do what they think is best. Not all people, but most people. And I've also come to learn in the past few years that absolutely no good comes from judging someone else's choices or parenting or whatever because no matter how much you think you know, you simply just cannot know what another's situation is. Anyways, I got a little sidetrack there. Back to emotions. Emotions and hormones. So emotions and hormones, they are closely linked, obviously. It's all a part of understanding how our bodies work. The more that I dive into the world of hormones and cycle syncing, the more annoyed I get about the fact that these things were not taught to me as a teenager. But getting annoyed with past events, it doesn't do anything to change it, right? And, and all it does is elicit that response in me over and over again. So the best that I can do is to educate myself and then educate my daughters and share everything that I'm learning with all of you so that you can start understanding more about your bodies and pass that knowledge on to your kids. And that's how we make real change. So to circle back to emotions and the 90-second rule, how do we stop ourselves from repeating that 90-second hormonal reaction inside of us over and over again with those negative emotions? Because also, side note here, you notice when it's a when it's something good that happens, we don't tend to replay that over and over. Sometimes we do, but more often than not, we focus on those negative situations. How could we have changed it? How could they have said that? Blah, 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 on and on and on. But if something good happens, we get that 90 seconds of feeling good and then we just move on. Anyways, the simple answer to stop this loop is to just stop thinking about it. That's the simple answer, and the simple answer is not that easy. It's not that easy to do. It's also not that easy to just get over it. I think that perhaps we replay it over and over until we deal with it, until we process it, and we understand it. So the best way that you can do this is to allow yourself to feel the emotion. Don't try and hide it. Don't try and play it cool and pretend like it didn't affect you. You may not want to feel that emotion in front of whoever hurt your feelings, and that's okay. But find a time to be on your own and to see the situation for what it was. Don't build it up and don't pretend like it was nothing. Just see it for what it was and feel that emotion and then move past it. The more that you become aware of your emotions and you understand how they affect you and then you deal with them in whichever way best suits you, the more resilient you become. It's not about toughening up and not letting things affect you, but it is about not letting other people 
determine the way you feel. Not letting the emotional state of others affect your emotional state. And to do this, we need to be in control of our own emotions. Once we get a little bit better at this, it's a lot easier to teach your kids because we all know kids don't do what they're told, they do what they see. And when they see you dealing with emotions and feeling your emotions in a healthy way, they learn to do the same. All right, everyone, that's it for today. Thank you for sharing your time and your attention with me. And I will be back next week with more. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you haven't done so already, hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I'll be back next week with more. Until then, take care and have fun.